Welcome to TSF Life, a podcast ministry of the Shepherd's Fellowship Church in Marion, Ohio. TSF Life is designed to bring you biblical teaching in a relational way that's easy to apply to your life. Let's join Pastor Tom Hypes as we dive into today's teaching. I have a confession to make this week. Those of you here know that I was having some uh, issues when it came to any of these animated creatures that we have. This, this bird and I uh, kind of got into a few fights. And so when I first got here, I kind of felt like, okay, that he passed away in his sleep. Look, then he reanimated for the song. And then the kangaroo, Miss Audrey would not let me. Tell me this would not have been funny. This would have been great for the kids. The last night I wanted to walk around with a machete in that head. Wouldn't that have been great? Look, head. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Get it? You know what we're talking about today? Judging others? Okay. So let's dig into it. Um, if you would, let's go ahead and get our Bibles out. We're going to go to Matthew 7 as we continue our trek in the series that we've been in. For those who uh, do not have a Bible with them, if you want, there's Bibles in the baskets underneath the chairs around the room. You can take one of those, keep one of those, whatever you need. Uh, and then also we're talking earlier, version is up and running. If you have the version app, you can do a search for local live events. And uh, there's one that says TSF and today's date and has all the scriptures for you, places to take notes. Uh, you can do prayer requests there, whatever you need. So feel free to use any of those. But if you've not been with us, we have been in an extended uh, study series for, it's like 11 months now, on the life of Christ. That we have just started at the beginning and we're going right through. Uh, and I got to tell you, after 11 months, we still got a chunk to go. We're right now in the Sermon of the Mount, which is the longest sermon recorded within the scripture that Jesus gave to a multitude of people. Um, we've gone through five and six, going into seven today, on just basically what it looks like to follow him. He's talking to the Jewish community, he's talking to believers of God and saying, this is what it looks like when I fulfill the law. This is what it looks like to follow me, because a lot of things have gotten really off track into kind of a more uh, legalistic aspect of things. So he was doing this incredible talk. And we talked about so, so many different things. But right now we're in this trek of things where Jesus has talked about three things that really open up the door for us to have freedom that he desires for us to have in our lives. Uh, generosity, being generous towards others, prayer, uh, fasting. And then he switched to the type of things that really still from that, that put us back into to bondage and some of the challenges that we had. We've talked about uh, anxiety last week was was a big one within that. We've talked about, uh, well, we were up right before anxiety. We were talking about, oh, about having money in the wrong place, the opposite of generosity, and looking at money as our provider instead of God as our provider. So now we're going to talk about judging and see the different things that we have there. Now, I want to acknowledge starting out, I do know, and this is a big, big part of the heart of our church, it's uh, a big part of why we started a little over 18 years ago, that there are many people who have been hurt by being judged. There are many people that have um, been devastated, church hurt-wise, because of this particular topic and how people have handled uh, judging and not, uh, or, or not judging properly. Uh, there's, there's a lot of challenge within that. We started out as a bookstore uh, many years ago called The Shepherd's Nook here in town, and we had nighttime uh, supplemental Bible studies that we found several people were using it as their church experience and because they wouldn't go into a place that had a steeple on it. They would go to the Christian bookstore, but the church had been painful before. And so a big part, part of our 
um, desire and just even our beginnings and that we continue to keep on the table is acknowledging that. Today we're not talking about that. However, I do think it's important um, to take and say if you've been in that boat and I have been in that boat as a brother, as a pastor in the capital C church, I'm sorry that you've gone through that. It is painful. Um, it is hard. I mean, any place you have community, if you're hanging out with the YM, you know, YMCA group or you're in a motorcycle club or anything that you're in, extracurricular at school, people are going to hurt you everywhere, but there's just this extra sting when it comes to church, I think. There's an extra sting when you're coming to look for God and then you end up experiencing a goofball person. So I, I just want to pray over that for a second, and then we'll dig into what aspect of judging we're looking at today. So will you pray for me? Dear Holy Father, as we lean into this time, I just pray that your spirit moves. Pray that your spirit heals, Father. I pray, Father, that we uh, just really grow in understanding the difference between you and your people sometimes. And even when sometimes we're at our, our weakest or our most hurt, and we can't put more on the shoulders, so we just kind of walk away from it for a while, that you, that you tend there because you have created us uh, for when we accept you as our Father, as we have forgiven our lives, to be in your family, not to continue to be orphans without a family around them, Father. So I pray that you heal those things, open up conversations about those things, Father. Help us to work through those things according to you, Holy Spirit, as you lead us. We love you very much, Father, and I pray that you continue to grow us towards that freedom and that openness away from the bondage that this world and that Satan has for us. We pray this in your son's precious name. Precious name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's dig in. We're going to read the whole chunk. Not read a little, talk a little. We're going to read the whole chunk and use it as a launch pad as we go into some of the different things that are here. But instead of talking about being judged yourself, we're going to talk about judging others. Okay, so here's what Jesus says. He says, judge not that you will not be judged. For with the judgment you've pronounced, you will be judged. And with the measure that you use it, will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eyes, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take out the log out of your own eye, and then you'll be able to see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Now, kind of like with the anxiety thing last week, like when he says, don't be anxious about anything, and we said, oh, man, I just wish he could just put a period there, and it was just that easy, I just wouldn't be anxious about anything, but they kept digging. This one, kind of the same thing, he says, don't judge, and then continues, but for a different reason, I think, because I think a lot of us are a lot quicker because of our hearts on the don't judge than we are the don't be anxious, because it goes towards others instead of ourselves. And I'm going to submit to you that there's actually being presented in the full context of the scripture that there's such thing as healthy judgment, and there's such thing as a forbidden judgment. And Jesus is talking about the forbidden judgment here. And you're just going to have to kind of roll with me. That's going to be folded out as we go through the study, um, because otherwise there's a severe, severe contradiction within this. Now, so when you look within this, um, look if you're not, You'll notice there's no period after it. There's no explanation point after it. What's after it? You guys have Bibles. I see them right in front of you. What's, what's right after fear not? 
a comma. You guys can't even agree when I give you the answer? Huh? I can't hear you, babe. Judge not. Right, right after judge. Did I say fear not? I'm done. <laughs> That's it. But man, you guys studied your Bible deeper than I've ever seen you study. Where is fear not? Where is fear not? Where is fear not? <laughs> What's that to judge not? A comma. Much better. You guys did see it was VBS week, right? Okay. Which means the thought's not complete yet. Which means the thought's not complete yet. But if I go with just judge not, then the contradiction is don't give your pearls to the dogs and to the pigs. Does that make sense? If you came to me and said, Tom, I'm going through this really tough time. This is the challenge that's on the plate. I was just wondering if you had it, you know, scripturally anything, or maybe from your life experience, or uh, just some advice that, that might be able to help you during this time. And my response was, yeah, actually I do, but um, I, I kind of see you as a dog. <laughs> you know, you're kind of in that pig category. And you're just going to do what you want to do anyway. So, I, yeah, I'm not going to throw it to That's a severe judgment, right? I mean, that's pretty harsh. I, I, I wouldn't do that to most of you guys. But, so, <laughs> but, but that's, so there's something within this that brings these two things together uh, in this harshness. Now, if you want to see what it looks like of throwing pearls in front of uh, dogs and um, in front of pigs and not, not, not to do that, not get uh, social media is the easiest place to find that. You know, when you go like two or three rounds and no matter what you put in those comments, they're like twisting what you said and coming back at you and whatnot. That to me is kind of like that dog and pig type thing. Go enough so that you can show love and truth to those who are reading because this guy's not going to get it. But then don't go forever because it's just, it's not, it's not healthy. It's not, you, you got to turn that over to the Holy Spirit. Same thing happens in our, our own lives. But nonetheless, and we can all say, yeah, yeah, I see that. I see that. Then you just made a judgment. So how do I not judge? and yet still judge. How do I do the, the healthy holiness judgment and not the forbidden judgment? Because judgment in the original Greek that Jesus uses here talks about the judgment part that we're used to saying, but it also talks about discernment. And you and I are called to discernment. So I'm just going to kind of run through some pointers like today, and I think it will flush itself out. Uh, otherwise, I think it's kind of complicated. So let's go to our first bullet point for our note takers who like to write things down. I like to try to make it a little bit easier for you there. Um, the, the very first thing that I'll give you is this. Don't judge by your own opinions. Okay? I've got that up on screen for you. Don't judge by your own opinions. Don't gossip. Don't stab somebody back. Don't take in, by your own opinions, take in, you're, you're slamming on somebody, even if you put it in Christianese. You know, like, we need to pray for so-and-so because they're an idiot. Don't, don't do that. It just... Don't go by your own opinions. In the scripture I gave you there is Romans 14.4, where Paul writes this. He goes, who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him serve, uh, stand. Fear not. Okay, so <laughs> what does this say? What, who are you in that scripture? Your servant. Who am I? Servant. God is master, right? Who am I to judge you off of my opinion? Man, you're not, you, you don't belong to me. I'm not, I'm not over you. I have to judge you, use discernment with you and with myself by what he thinks, 
what his views are, what the scripture tells us, not by something that I come up with. So that opens up a door a little bit when it comes to discernment of knowing how we're supposed to address things with one another because we're all supposed to be iron sharpening iron, right? We're all supposed to be helping each other grow. So let's say something is really uh, just, I mean, it's just black and white in the scripture. Black and, so if you're, you're running around, let's say I remember this book came out like 15, 12 years ago that got a lot of buzz uh, called um, Love Wins by a pastor, a, a pastor has fallen. And uh, basically the concept is everybody goes to heaven at the end. Everybody, no matter what happens, no matter everybody goes to heaven because God's too loving to send people uh, to, to hell. He is too loving to send people to hell. That's why he sent his son to be able to save us from it. But it's up to us whether or not we accept that. And he does everything he can from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, the beginning of my life to the end of my life, beginning of your life to the end of your life, to save us, to give us that gift. But it is something that we can reject. The only way you go to hell is if you just reject him from beginning to end. Uh, is, is really what it comes down to. So to say, everybody, go, just do what you want. You're going to go to heaven no matter what. It's not biblical. So, brother, we might have to sit down and have a chat. We need to get in the Word together. We need to do it in love, right, 100% love, but also in 100% truth. Let's get in the Scripture. It's not, that's not what it says. If, if I'm doing marriage counseling with a couple and um, the, the husband says, yes, yes, I sleep around, but it's okay because she agreed that it's fine. Well, hold up, Jack. That's not exactly scriptural. You know, we, we need to talk about that. that. Even if she's on board with it, that's not God's best for you. That's not what he's called us to with, within our life. So there's going to be tougher uh, conversations. Now, there are things that are kind of gray areas that uh, Romans, I think it's 14, talks about. Um, it has an example for the culture, but we have different ones here. Let's say, um, oh, I remember. Um, there was, I have a T-shirt. Um, I've talked about this be before, but I have a T-shirt that, have you ever seen like the merchandise that has like the zombie hunting permit thing on it? You know what I'm talking about? They usually have in different toy stores and stuff. My son at the time had one on his Jeep uh, for Jeep Cherokee, like that you're licensed in case of a zombie apocalypse to uh, take the zombies out, that you've gone through this training, you've got some kind of special permit, whatever. So we were in Maine, this was a long time ago. We did like Niagara to Boston to Maine and back. And I picked up a shirt. This is they gave me. So if zombie apocalypse breaks out, I need to hightail it because Ohio won't let me. Um, but I, I'm licensed to me. And um, I, there was someone in my life in the church that uh, just despises the whole concept of zombies. Just fully despises it. Now, that's a good conversation for us to have. If that bugs you, I'll, I mean, I love you. I, I, I don't want to make you stumble. I don't want to make an uncomfortable situation or, or whatever the case may be. Um, but zombies aren't mentioned in the Bible. You know, they're just like a fictional thing. So it's something that we kind of have to, through love and truth, kind of figure out. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't come talk to me. They just left the church and sent a nasty email. Um, that's not how we're supposed to deal with disputable matters. We're supposed to be able to talk those things out. And if you think I'm wrong and I think you're wrong, we're not supposed to get mad and divide over it. You're supposed to pray for me that God opens up my stupid mind that the zombie thing is a bad thing, and I'm supposed to pray for you that he lets you know that, hey, fiction is fiction, and then God will lead us. But we're still supposed to be unified in disputable matters. So we have to really watch how we're judging others when it comes to opinions, when it comes to views, how we were raised, what we were taught we were raised, and take everything back to the scripture. Otherwise, that's when we see people get hurt quite a bit. When we come together in truth and love, though, the thing is guaranteed, if you look at that last sentence, is somebody's going to grow. If we come together in truth and love, even in the spirit of someone's going to grow. 
if we do it, do it together, that he is able to make us stand. He's able to make us stand. Okay, another one. Someone probably disagrees with me. That's okay. I will say this. You know, actually, it's okay that you disagree with me. Um, on commentary, not the scripture. The, uh, somebody in the church, not just recently, and I'm, I remember the name, but I, I want to pretend like I don't, so I don't call them out. Uh, but they sent me an email that they were reading a book by a pastor that they like on TV, and uh, he put some things in that they really disagreed with. And she was like, I don't know if I should ever read any of his books again. What do you, th- what, what do you think? And I, I said, I almost made a dog and pig joke there, but it's too good of a person to do that to. Uh, I said, said, it's actually okay. I, I, read a lot, I don't read a lot, but I read a, a lot of stuff that I don't agree with because it stretches me, and I have to take it back to the Scripture. Uh, that's okay for us. And I said, you know, I really don't know anybody in this church that 100% agrees with me, except for my wife. I know nobody in this church <laughs> agrees with me 100%. That, that, that's part of who we are. If we brew truth and love, we'll continue to grow each other. Does she make a comment back here, Everett? Katie, it doesn't sound like you're helping that situation. <laughs> number two, I'll give you number two. Don't judge by appearance, but do judge by heart. Do not judge by appearance, but do judge by heart. One of the biggest compliments, I've shared this before, that we've ever gotten about this church uh, is that someone was coming for a while and they say, you know the thing I love about your church is there's people that are poor and there's people that have money and you just can't tell the difference. Just can't tell the difference. I said, really? You know what? That should be every freaking church that's out there. Um, and I, I love that aspect because we're not supposed to judge by those things. If you judge by those things, race, um, poverty, or richness, um, backgrounds, whatever the case may be, you're missing a really good person. Mistakes they made, you're, you're just missing an awesome person that God's created uh, if that becomes something that you're looking at. So if you see somebody, and I was actually talking to a newer buddy this week, I was talking about how he tried looking uh, at churches for a little while uh, but being tattoo covered, being a guy that looks tougher like he just got street because of some of the mistakes in his past, he just constantly felt like he was judged when he walked into some, some different environments. Again, that church cho- cho- we talked about. We can't do that. But we also cannot look at somebody who's in a suit with perfect hair on TV with millions of dollars and say he must be of God because God would never bless him like that. No, that guy has money to buy cameras, production work, and to pay the network to put him on TV. That's all we know for sure. You have to take it back to the heart. You have to take it back to the actions. You have to take it back to the scripture. That's how we are able to discern what is right and what is not and make sure that we're in the right place instead of with the, these false prophets. So that's a pretty important thing. I think, I guess I didn't put it up there, but if you write down First uh, Samuel, First Samuel 16.7, 16.7. It would take you to somewhat of a common story that we know. Uh, it's when Saul's, not Saul, Samuel, is coming to David's house to anoint the new king. Like he had anointed Saul before, and then Saul got off back and wasn't following the Lord. So he was anointing a new king. You guys remember the story? And so uh, Jesse brought in all of his, his sons except for David to figure out which one it was. It was supposed to be the next king. He, didn't, he left David out in the field because someone's got to stay with the sheep, and there's no way David's the king. I mean, he's just like, he's a smaller guy, he likes music, he's just not got that temperament. So he brought his other brothers in. Uh, as you know, it ended up being David. But in this, in this particular verse, he, we have the prophet coming to, uh, I believe his name's Elam. Um, and he sees Elam, and he's like, Russell Crowe gladiator guy. You know, and he's like, look, he's like, this has got to be the one. And God says, no, I don't see things as you see things. I don't look at the physical appearance. Matter of fact, I've rejected him. 
So if we're going to be Christ followers, we have a whole different way of looking at things. Whole different way of looking at things that we have to make sure that we have. Okay, let me, let me give you this as well. Um, and this is going to be point number three. And point number three is going to start taking us into those outside the faith. So far, one and two are primarily for those that are within the body of Christ that have accepted Christ as leading forgiven their lives. We're now starting to bring in those that are outside the faith. Uh, when it comes to your discernment or proper judgment, uh, don't be hypocritical. That's the main key of what makes the forbidden um, judgment is what he said. Don't, don't take and try to correct other people when you've got big sin in your life. If you're walking down the street and it's like 10 p.m., so it's still somewhat early, and you see a guy trashed off his butt, stumbling down from uh, you know, drinking at the bar all night, and he's running into the wall, looks like he's about to throw up all over you, don't go up to him and go, man, you need Jesus or you're going to hell when you got a $30 prostitute on your arm. It's just, that's not how, it, just for the record, I have no idea what prostitutes cost. Uh, <laughs> So I don't want to start a rumor there like, hey, he got a good deal. I don't know. I don't know if it was coupon day or whatever. But, uh, but if, you're, if you're a major sin, don't look down on somebody else's major sin. Work together to get to Christ. Work together to, to, to come into, into that. I, I, yeah, that's not a good Bible verse for that one, I guess. But uh, I will give you this, Romans. If you would, let's go ahead and turn there. Romans 2, just a couple of books back. Um, and we're going to start out in verse 1. And I think I've got this in your version for you as well, so it shouldn't be too hard to find. But when it comes to don't being hypocritical, this is, again, Paul writing. And he says, Therefore you have no excuse, O man or O woman, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice excuse me, such things. Do you suppose, O man... You who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourselves, that you will escape the judgment of God. So he's pretty serious about this, this forbidden judgment. We have to look at how we're judging, who we're looking down on, why are you looking down on them, because if you're looking down on them, you're wrong. You're wrong. This is, this is when we reach out to each other and love one another. So the, the heart really matters. Make sure you check in your own heart before you talk. Okay, let me give you one more, and then we'll start bringing some of it together. Fourth one is this, uh, don't judge outsiders. When I say outsiders, I'm talking about those outside the faith. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 5. Just one more book back. 1 Corinthians 5, going to verse 12. And this one I think we have to really watch because some of us um, do this and some of us take this instruction to a place of... Uh, but we go too far and it leads us to impotence when it comes to our outreach. Okay, so I'm going to go to 12 and 13, but I'm going to do it a little weird. I'm just going to read the first half of both voices to start out with. We're going to chunk them up a little bit. So if I, if I look here what Paul says, he says, For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Verse 13, God judges those outside. So I have a very strong understanding that you and I are not to judge, especially a hypocritical judge, or even take things further, those that are outside of the faith. Because here's the thing, they don't have the Holy Spirit. They, they, they don't have uh, our understanding. They don't have our teaching. They don't have that answer. So we're not to judge. Now, the, way, the reason I said taking it too far is that some grab that mantra and then put a period or an explanation point at the end uh, very quickly of judge, judge, judge or not. Um, and then we become like, well, I don't want to invite you know, somebody to church 
because it might make them feel uncomfortable because that's not their thing. Or we, we could see people in destructive behavior um, that is, is sinful, that's leading the pain. Well, but I'm not going to judge them. I'm not going to judge. Well, no, care about them, love them, reach out to them, do your part, but don't come from a judgment standpoint. It has to be the, the discernment standpoint. I, I've seen way too many people take judge not into a bumper sticker mentality and not care about reaching out to others. They think I'm not like those other Christians because I'm not going to judge you. We still have the word of God. We still have the ways to reach out. But it's just how we do, how we do it. For instance, um, I, I've shared before, I, I t- I'm on the run a lot. And myself and my family, we eat out a lot because we're not home a whole heck of a lot. And uh, so since I'm going to be uh, eating out a lot, uh, I tend to pick uh, a couple restaurants that I hit each week from an outreach standpoint. I, and I want to meet you know, know the staff and know the people and what's going on in their lives and, and uh, purposely, mindfully, from an outreach standpoint. And uh, one that I used, used to go to, now they've had a lot of staff ch- changeover, but uh, Petty Bones down in Waldo. Anybody know Petty Bones? Anybody going to admit that you go to the bar to the pastor? There it is. Hi, honey. Hi. Well, I suppose one up as soon as I say the joke. Uh, but back in the day, like Teapot was the cook and his, his wife was the was the uh, bartender and the waitress and everything. And uh, awesome people, but not church people. And so when I went in there, I know I'm going to see people at lunchtime already drunk. I know I'm going to, there's going to be a lot of cussing, you know, in that restaurant and those type of things. But I don't, like, run around with my pastor demerits. And it's like, okay, you're already drinking. You're wrong. You're, you, know, you, you cuss. I'm going to give you a demerit. And those type of things, you just, I'm not going to judge them by, the, by those standards. Now, if Mike was up here cussing like he did, what, was it, three weeks ago? Uh, you know, we might, might have a talk. No, but in all seriousness, I've had talks with a couple of y'all about our, our, our language uh, and how other people are looking at us, whether it be outside the church or people that you mentor or whatever the case may be. Uh, I, I've had talks, not drinking down there, but I've had talks with people like, man, it was a great bonfire we have Friday night and we're all trashed off Let's first off stop getting trashed. Secondly, you know we, we've got to watch yourself. That's a different conversation in the church than it is at Petty Bones. But I noticed in Petty Bones though is when I sent her a Facebook request um, that after a couple of weeks she came to me while I was there. She said, "Hey, I saw your Facebook request. I'm not blowing you off. I promise I'm not. But my page um, is colorful, <laughs> and I don't want to be you know, like offend you." And I'm like, "Sweetie, I'm fine. I'm fine." Because there's a difference on how we we go through those things. So we definitely don't want to judge. We don't want to trash people down. But, um, but we still want to be reaching out to one another. So uh, the part B voices of this, uh, voice 12, is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? So that's, again, we can't say don't judge and just left there. Paul started something else. Purge the evil person from among you. When we look at, at Romans, he was dealing with very specific things. When we look here in First Corinthians, there was a guy taken and having a sexual affair with his stepmother that they are letting go on because no one wants to say anything. That's not okay. It's not okay. Matthew 18 gives us church discipline instructions on how to deal when someone sins against us. So there's definitely a lot more to the picture than just don't judge, period. But not judging the forbidden way really, really matters. Um, do, do me this favor. Well, you know, I'm going to do this for us. If you want to talk to somebody, Chris, if you give me those full points, we're going to jump over the Luke reference for a second. If you're going to address someone else, this is a good way to take it into discernment instead of judgment, uh, the way that we define it. 
uh, before you talk to them, get into the void and make sure you're right. A lot of us are just like, okay, you might find that it's an opinion. You might find it's something that you always taught, but it's not biblical. So make sure you get into the word, make sure it's right. Secondly, get outside counsel if needed. I'm around, you've got plenty of friends around, you've got your parents around, you've got all kinds of influences, mentors in your life. Make sure you get outside Christian counsel if needed. Uh, pray, pray. That's where it has love, discernment, grace, wisdom. Prayer brings those things when you're upset or when you're, you're slipping into the wrong side of things. And then follow the Holy Spirit, 100% love, 100% truth. Okay, we'll leave those up. I'm going to read something to you. I'm going to read you an example from Luke chapter 7, and then we'll finish things up. I don't know, anybody hungry for lunch yet? Uh, Mike? It's 11.35. We're not even at 2 o'clock yet. we got plenty of time. Huh? Taco Bell has DoorDash, brother. Okay. So while you're writing this down, also write down Luke chapter 7. That's what I'm going to be reading out of. And this is going to be an example out of Jesus' life in the area of proper judgment and improper judgment. Uh, we find Jesus at a particular event. It says, one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that, she was, that he was reclining at the table at the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wipe them with her hair on her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, remember he's just thinking this, if this man was a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. If you missed it, two judgments have already happened in this small little bit. What's the f give me one. Two judgments have already happened. Judgment against the woman and, and judgment against Jesus. And they're both false judgments. They're both the forbidden judgment. He's just going by sight. He's going by his opinion on this. So Jesus uh, answered him, which is awesome because he never said anything, but Jesus perceived what his thoughts were. And Jesus answered him saying, Simon, I've, I've got something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. He said, a certain money lender had two debtors, one owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, who, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And Jesus said to him, you have judged rightly. You have judged rightly. Why is this a right judgment? It's because he's refocused. He's refocused off of the hypocritical onto what is right. Jesus is very masterful at being able to help people refocus in such a way. Verse 44, then turning to the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? 
And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. One of the things that's interesting about this particular uh, testimony, that when I was down at the conference with Jenny, uh, Michael Card was talking about this a little bit, and someone else in the question and answer brought up this, like a point about this. And they had come across where the Pharisees oftentimes would open up their dinners so the people on the streets could walk through so they could show them how generous they were being to the people that were their guests. It was a way to show off their, their hospitality, which was a big deal for, for the Jewish community. Uh, and then this woman came in. And I think that's interesting, if that's true, if that's true, that this guy say, hey, come look about how great I am, judging others, and Jesus calls him out in front of everybody, which he couldn't have done if the guy wasn't being a hypocrite in the first place. Does that make sense? And these things get hard, and they get messy, and they get tough, but they're needed within the body of Christ. I know when we've gone through some tough times over the last, again, what, 18 years or so, um, there have been people hurt by truth. And, and, and as we started this, again, our heart is for those who have been hurt by hypocrisy. But the reality is, there's times I've been hurt by church before because it was me, not them. And they came with truth, or they came with loving, and then I become the hypocrite judging them off of what my opinion was because I wasn't ready to hear it. So there's a couple different sides to that. And when we went through it the first time, I remember a friend of mine that was coming to the church at the time, she was really thrown by the whole situation, understandably so. And she said, we've always said we were a church for those who have been hurt, now here we hurt this couple. And it broke her heart. And it broke my heart too. But it was done in truth and love. And that needs to happen sometimes if people won't accept that. So I can't promise you I'll never hurt you. But if I do, I pray that I have a clear conscience before God and that's in truth and love. That, that's the goal. I can't say I'll, we're all perfect with it or that I've never made mistakes. But that's got to be there. And I know like, when that happened, there was a great concern. Like, what are the people in the public going to think about our church? You know, that's there especially when it goes out and gossip and those type of things. But you know what's more damaging? is being a church that doesn't deal with things with truth and love. And that gets out. Because I don't know if anybody wouldn't raise their hands and say, I'm just tired of hypocritical churches. I'm just tired of hypocritical churches. Um, and they're tired of hypocritical Christians. Use discernment. Let it spur you on to spurring on your brothers and sisters and reaching out to those who are lost. If you're judging, here's what Satan's doing. If he couldn't get you to walk away from Christ, he wants to use you to push people away from Christ. Stop it. Stop it. We're his family. We're his family. And the world knows us by our love. If you were blessed by today's teaching, we hope you return for our next podcast. Or better yet, stop by the Shepherd's Fellowship any Sunday morning to join us live. You can learn more about the church by calling 740-382-3500 or check us out online by going to tsflife.com. That's tsflife.com. You can also support the ministry of TSF Life by donating at our church website or sending support to the Shepherd's Fellowship, 1647 Marion Marysville Road, Marion, Ohio, 43302. 
Thank you for spending your time with us today, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Be blessed.